Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Appreciate you joining me for another episode. And I want just appreciate everyone uh, who's been liking, sharing, uh, leaving comments, helping spread the word about this program, subscribing. Make sure you keep that up. Let's keep that going and just help this channel grow. Let's get it out there. People need to hear this information. The most interesting conversations about eschatology in Israel, they happen on this program. There is no scripture that we are afraid of. There is no individual that we fear on this program. It's all about truth. I'm supposed to be doing some different debates and things on Standing for Truth's channel. And it's like some of these people, they it's like before they'll do anything publicly, they got to know everything you've ever said on the subject. They want your sermons. They want any writings. They've got all these things. I'm hoping to be doing... Uh, I'm hoping to be doing one with some full preterist here pretty soon uh, with, um, forgot his name, Sol Mike Sullivan. Uh, he wrote this book here, House Divided. I haven't had a chance to read this yet, but it's like at the same time too, uh, these people that are like go crazy with debate prep, it's like, shouldn't your debate prep just be your Bible study? Shouldn't you just know what you believe and know how to prove it from the scriptures? So it's like, I'm not really, I, I don't really need to find out everything that he believes on this subject because I know what the Bible says on the subject. My Bible study is my debate prep, you know? So it's like, let's, let's have the conversation. I, I don't, it's, it's not even about, you know, winning the argument. Cause I, nobody ever just in a debate says, you know what? You're right. I was wrong. Nobody's ever said that. So it's all about just advancing truth. And so uh, we're, we're not afraid to do that here. And we, I enjoy having conversations with people, even if they don't agree exactly like me. And I'm trying to set the example of how it is done, about how to have a conversation, about how to listen, and about how to lay out what you believe. And we do all of that on this program. And so those of you weirdos out there that follow this program that are just looking for an echo chamber, this is the wrong place. You are not going to find that here. Uh, and we're going to continue to let people come on here and say stuff that you don't totally agree with. I don't totally agree with. And I'm going to show you how to take it like a man. And uh, it'll do you a lot of good to keep on watching this. So anyway, I want to get into today's subject, which for a lot of you will not be that interesting because most of you come here to learn about what the Bible says about things. And that's not really what we're going to talk about today. I prefer to talk about the Bible. Uh, that's uh, more enjoyable, more satisfying to me because uh, we are supposed to be about the scripture. But I believe this subject is worth making a video about because pre-tribbers are making a real big deal about it. And that is, um, this. it's the subject of the rapture in pseudo Ephraim, okay, or Ephraim the Syrian. Now, the first time I ever heard uh, this man's name referenced. It was at uh, it was at that famous Sam Gip conference where he exposed himself for a wolf in wolf's clothing, and he uh, what he brought this up because you know the meeting was falling flat. He was not proving anything from the scriptures. But I remember during the service, you know, I'm listening and and uh, he starts addressing the argument that we will often bring up about how the pre-tribulation is a new doctrine. And I don't talk about that that often because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. If it's in the scripture, then we ought to teach it. 
even if you have a tough time finding it historically, it, I think you should be able to find stuff historically. I think you probably will be able to find stuff historically. But at the end of the day, I don't look for my beliefs in history. I look for them in the scriptures. And to me, let's find that first. Well, Gip did nothing to prove his position from the scriptures. And so he needs to address this. You know, I was like, well, I've got the historical position, which was what everyone wants to do. So he brings up Ephraim the Syrian, who is from the you know, 4th century, who believed in a pre-tribulation rapture. And here's the thing about it. You know, again, it's like, to me, that argument didn't even really matter. But people were getting excited when he brought this up. People are shouting. I started seeing people who've never addressed it before. They're sharing stuff about it on social media. Ephraim the Syrian, Ephraim the Syrian. We have the historical position. And people are so excited about it. And since then, I have heard many people polyparrot this argument. I have books that have been written since that meeting that polyparrot the whole Ephraim the Syrian argument to prove that the pre-tribulation doctrine is a historical position. And I remember right after that conference, because I didn't really care. To me, that argument didn't matter, matter at all. I just remember thinking, wow, it's weird people are that excited. I mean, pre-tribbers are so hungry for any crumbs, for just anything that resembles proof and that their argument is coherent, you know, biblical, historical. They will take anything. And pre-tribbers almost never correct anything within their own camp. Pre-tribbers will typically... There's exceptions. Typically, will amen anything that someone says, no matter how stupid, as long as they know that person is trying to advance a pre-trib pro-Jew theology. And it's embarrassing to watch. And so, again, I didn't really care. But then right after that conference, there was a preacher who is not on my side on many areas. And he he texted me and he's like, hey, that Ephraim the Syrian stuff, that's been completely debunked. That is not, that is not a good argument. That is not, and I was like, well, you know, he did that quote. I mean, that sounded pretty pre-tribbish to me and I'll, I'll read it for you here in a minute. And he said, that's only one translation of that. His writings, uh, there's many translations of it and that's just the Latin one. And, you know, you should read the Syriac interpretation of it. So let me first uh, let's go ahead and read what the pre-tribbers are all cherry-picking from this writing. And so this is from an article that Tommy Ice did. He's a big pre-trib guy. It says, the rapture and pseudo-Ephraim. And it says, all the saints and elect of God are gathered together before the tribulation, which is to come, and are taken to the Lord in order that they may not see at any time the confusion which overwhelms the world because of our sins, pseudo Ephraim 374 to 627, which would be AD. So, I mean, that's a super clear pre-tribulational statement right there. There's no doubt about it. Okay. And now, why does it say 324 to 627 or whatever? He didn't live over three or 300 years. But the reason it does that, it's called, you know, pseudo Ephraim. And let me get back on the screen share. You can see this on Wikipedia. But you will notice uh, that it's a pseudographical text attributed to the church father, Ephraim the Syrian. So this isn't something that uh, scholars would agree that he, he did not directly write this, but this was kind of something that was written uh, probably in the 600s, 
you know, years after his time and it's kind of been attributed to him. And there are many things like that. Many of these extra biblical books um, are pseudographical, that they were supposedly written by the apostles like Thomas or Nicodemus or um, I forgot some of the other ones that are out there, but they're, they're kind of made up. But hey, either way, hey, whoever wrote this in the 600s obviously believed in a pre-tribulation rapture and he was basing it off the teachings of Ephraim the Syrian. But again, that is that is one portion of the of the Latin translation of it. There are other translations. Now he was Ephraim the Syrian. Now what does the Syriac um which is probably close to what he spoke and remember too that you know these things uh that have been translated several times can definitely probably lose things over time. They're not like the scriptures that you know have the miracle of preservation on them. And so the the um the writings of Ephraim the Syrian there are there they were translated into several different languages. There's Greek, there's Armenian, there's Latin, uh and 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 it was translated from Syriac to those. So it's if it was written in Syriac and translated into Greek, into Armenian or into Latin, to me shouldn't we go to more of the original source? which was Syriac, especially since he was Syrian. Now, again, it is obvious that pre-tribbers are all polyparroting each other because they've obviously never gone and read through the entire writing that he did. You know, he was a poet and uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, uh, it's pretty long, but folks, there is no doubt about it. When you read through this, He's talking about believers going through tribulation and it is, and his writing's a little confusing, uh, but just, I challenge anyone to go read the entire Syriac text and you, you will be convinced that he was post-tribulational. You say, well, what about that one section? I mean, that definitely sounded like it was pre-tribulation. It said before the tribulation. Okay. Let's go ahead and read it from the, the Syriac when it was translated from the Syriac. Let's see what it said there. And hopefully you can see this on your screen. But it's, uh, we're going to start back a little before that section. It says, People will flee to cemeteries and hide themselves among the dead, pronouncing the good fortune of the deceased who have avoided the calamity. Blessed are you, for you were born away to the grave, and hence you escaped from the afflictions. But as for us, woe is us, for when we die, vultures will serve as escort for us. And if the days of that time were not shortened, the elect would never survive the calamities and afflictions. For our Lord revealed and disclosed to us in his gospel when he said, those days will be shortened for the sake of the elect and the saints. And when he has harassed the whole creation, when the son of destruction has bent it to his will, Enoch and Elijah will be sent that they might persuade the evil one. So right there, we see that this escape or the way that the people avoided the tribulation is that they died. They, they died. And so it says pronouncing the good fortune of the deceased who had avoided the calamity. Blessed are you for you were born away to the grave. They weren't carried up to heaven. No, they were taken to the grave and they escaped the horrible time 
of tribulation. That's what he actually taught. And folks, you say, oh, that's just a translation of one line. No, go read the entire thing. If you, when you read the entire thing, it is all about believers going through tribulation. He is writing of this horrible time that is to come. And again, you know, he's got Gog and Magog stuff in there. And there's, you know, there's a lot that I probably wouldn't agree with, with what he has in there. But without a doubt, he believed in a coming tribulation that believers were going to be a part of. And yet everybody is taking that one line from the Latin translation rather than the Syriac. And they're just using that as their historical proof. And, you know, and you, if you search this, you can find multiple videos online using the Ephraim, the Syrian argument for their benefit. And there's a bunch debunking it too, because anybody that actually just goes and looks this up, anybody, if you, if you go and you read the entire thing, even in Latin, like I said, while you see that one line right there, it's very clear that the context of everything he's showing believers going through a time of tribulation. So it doesn't do anything. It doesn't prove anything. This is not an argument yet. Pre-tribbers are continuing to say, you know why? Because nobody's calling it out. No one is calling it out. But folks, there are honest people out there in the pre-tribulational world. There are people out there who actually look into things and you ought to at least be one of them. And again, the person who told me, hey, this is a bogus argument isn't even somebody who's on my side. Now they were somebody, I don't think they're real strong in uh, what their position is, but again, they don't, you know, uh, all you people are doing is proving that this pre-tribulation, this pro-juice stuff, it is nothing more than politics. You have aligned yourself with a political position and people, once it becomes political, reason, scripture, it goes out the window. People are excited to just hear anything that is affirming what they have already decided is true and they get angry and they lash out at anything that's to the contrary. Nobody wants to critically think. Nobody actually wants to look in these things and say, hey, is this actual proof or not? They don't want to, they don't want to do that. But you know what? Honest people will do just that. And I'm here today to tell you that your Ephraim the Syrian argument shows how desperate you are for anything. You are so desperate for this to be true. You are clinging to anything somebody says that is meant to affirm what you have already decided is true. And so I just, I wanted to share this for people on my side, because again, the first time I heard, I'm like, okay, well, they found somebody. Well, guess what? No, they haven't. They didn't find somebody. In fact, their guy lines way more up with what we teach than what they teach. And so people need to be laughed off the stage when they bring up stuff like this. People who put it in their book, if they do, uh, you know, if they uh, do another uh, printing or edition of that book, they need to take that out. You've been sold a bill of goods by people like Sam Gipp, by people like Tommy Ice, who are, again, people are just poly parroting each other. Okay, respected source says this. This affirms what I've already decided is true. I'm going to say it too, but let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there who aren't stupid, who aren't afraid to look these things up and aren't also are not afraid to call you out showing your error. And guess what? We've got other people have platforms now. 
You can't, you know, you can cancel us from your newspapers. You can cancel us from the things that we can't afford to get on like radio and internet uh, or uh, television, stuff like that. But you can't on the internet anymore. And the truth is out there. You are revealing your desperation with this foolish argument. And so short program today, but I just wanted to make sure people are aware of this uh, foolish argument that many pre-tribbers are going to continue to poly parrot because they're trusted sources are poly parroting it don't fall for it it's a bunch of nonsense so appreciate everyone watching this program today we will see you all next time